Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, the PK Podcast is a weekly conversation featuring guest suppliers, distributors, and service providers discussing insights into the promotional products business. I'm Bobby Lehu. I'm joined by my friend and co-host Mark Graham, president of Right Sleeve and CEO of Common Skew. And today, we're joined by Dave Regan, vice president of sales at the Vernon Company. Dave, it's great to have you on the program. Hey, thanks, Bobby. Appreciate it. Dave, how many years have you been involved in the industry? I have been in the industry, uh, 2013 will be my 24th year, and they've all been with the Vernon Company, so I walked in starting with Vernon on the East Coast. Wow, what did you start, as a sales rep? Yeah, I, I did a little bit of selling, and they had, uh, back at that time, they had something, some uh, a position called district managers, where I managed the New England market and was responsible for recruiting and hiring, uh, in addition to doing some selling. How long has Vernon been in business now? 1902. It's a fourth-generation family-owned business, so the Vernon family still still owns it. And uh, Bill Vernon, the CEO, it was his grandfather that started the business way back when. Wow. And that and Bobby, I think that was when you got into the industry too. 1902, <laughs> is that right? Is that right? Actually, well, it was that's the last time he cut his hair. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be an ugly podcast. Uh, 1903 is when I got into it, Mark. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Dave, I, I, most people are familiar with the Vernon Company, uh, but for those that are new, I wanted to establish that. We are talking with one of the legendary companies in our business, and prior to getting on the call, um, you guys have experienced 13% growth year-to-date over last year, and what are your gross sales uh, projected to be this year? Uh, they're projected to be about $65 million. Okay. Mark, you're about to do that, aren't you? You're, you're just about to hit six, 60, 65? Yeah, this past quarter, in fact. <laughs> okay. This past quarter. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was quite something. We've had some amazing koozie orders over the last <laughs> couple of months. It's just unbelievable. It comes. Okay. okay. These, are, this is, these are bad jokes compared yeah. to, uh, you know, usually, Bobby, we're a little bit sharper. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, these are really rough. These are really rough. Well, Mark, I, I, I wanted to, well, okay, I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to jump in here to, to, to talk a little bit about why it is that we wanted to get Dave Regan from Vernon on right. the call. And it's interesting. I, I, I uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, our marketing manager uh, at at um, at Right Sleeve came in. Her name is Jen Vaughn. She does a lot of our blog posting and social media outreach, and, and has been with 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 us for quite some time. And she's listened to our podcast, which uh, which I was I was excited about. And she came in and she said, "Listen, Mark, I just listened to this this podcast that you did with Cameron Popkin, and you know it was." really interesting and it was interesting to get Cameron's take on the industry and she said you know why are you guys always focusing on progressive topics uh, covering social media technology disruptive things that are happening in the industry and why don't you speak to someone that might be able to give another perspective a more traditional perspective yet someone who is understands where things are going, but also someone that has been very successful by employing some of the traditional approaches. I thought, you know, that's really interesting because, and Bob, you and I had chatted about this in the past, we we talked so much about how this industry gets so much, uh, or sorry, I'll back up, 
in education in our industry, there's so much play and so much airtime for progressive topics, for social media, technology, employing Gen Y, how to be a sales consultant versus an overtaker, blah, 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 blah. And all those things are extraordinarily important. And I think it's great that the industry associations focus on that. However, my hunch, and I think I'm right about this, is that there's a lot of people in this industry that don't embrace those new age tactics and are doing just fine. And in many cases are doing a lot better than the new age guys. As a result, we were to speak to you Dave, about this paradox about the fact that there's this conflict, I think in the industry where we want to move into the future, yet there is a really compelling reason to stay exactly where we're at because people are doing really, really well that way. So that's the story. It's not really a question. It's more just a setup. Well, and I think so with the- that, Dave, Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, I want to add, uh, I think, Dave, you've also, I think, done a great job of connecting with uh, a lot of companies in the industry. You're so well uh, liked and respected in the business, but you also uh, are very smart and observant and you see what's going on. Uh, You know, your experience tells us you've seen a lot of changes through the years and this just happens to be um, the digital world has been one of the most dramatic changes and Vernon, no doubt, is rising to that call as well in some capacity. So you're, I think you're, you're uh, intelligent and can address both sides of this conversation. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, you're getting all the compliments out of the way early, I see. Guys. <laughs> that's uh-huh. a, that's yeah, how Mark they're does. over now. Mark will slice well, I, you from here I, out. You know, but I, I think Mark, ex- when Mark and I were talking a little bit before, he said it's it's like we have, we or I have my feet in both, both worlds. Uh, you know, the traditional world the way it used to be, you know, and uh, and then the progressive world. I don't know if I have my feet in both places, but I certainly uh, am keenly aware of both. And, uh, you know, part of it has to do with, you know, we have a, a sales force pretty much nationwide. I think we have representation in 47 states. We have uh, account execs ranging in age from 22 to 91. Um I didn't if know you worked for Vernon there, Bobby. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was coming. <laughs> you know, and the, the, the 91-year-old guy still sells about $200,000 a year in sales. So, I mean, he can, he can stay till he's 101 if he, if he continues selling wow. at that level. But if he lets his sales drop, we're going to have to let him go. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. Uh, uh, but but what what happens here, and when you have three hundred plus reps, is you can't go all in on some new technology, because yep. because the first thing you'd have to do is bring those three hundred people up to speed on it, and uh, yeah. and and I can guarantee you half of them would be ticked off about it because they're perfectly fine the way they are in their mm. mind. Yeah. Uh, the other the other side of the coin is what's going on with that younger generation, and, and you know what? It's not necessarily the chronological age. I think it's more the emotional age of the people. Uh, you know, are they are they open to new technologies? And and so we we need to embrace those new technologies that you guys profess. Uh, you know, as much as you do to attract the uh, the people looking for those types of things. So. It's 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 a balancing act for us. Dave, what keeps you up? What's the hottest topic uh, on your plate? One or two or three hottest things on your plate right now? Uh, it, well, e-commerce. 
in general. And when I say e-commerce, I mean the ability of, of clients to to go on and take an order and configure it from start to finish without without an account exec involved. Yeah, Mark. And, Mark, I'll explain in detail what what that means uh, after <laughs> the podcast. Go go ahead, Dave. You mean faxing order? Okay, I think you that's know that is. that's one, and, and I'll tell you why because we 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 do we do regularly talk to our uh, Salesforce representation across the country, and they'll tell you they don't need that. And I yeah. think part of that is a defense mechanism that they're, they're fearful that if all of a sudden their clients can place orders directly with the Vernon company, why do we need them? Although yep. we've given no indication that we're going to do anything that hurts them in the long run, you know, since I've been around. The second thing I think is the social media component. I, I am enamored with it. And, and whether it's, you know, YouTube, Skype, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all these things. I, you know, I'm involved in all of it. But at the end of the day, sometimes I can't tell. I'm not quite sure what I accomplished, and and, mm. and and I've fallen into that. I want to do everything, and I got, I, I got things going around in circles. So we haven't been able to get some some good quantitative data on what that return is on those types of things. So th those are the those are probably the two. I think we've been able to, you know. I'm getting long-winded, but in ten years, you know, we went from ten years ago having. You know, 10% of our people had computers to today when 97% of our orders come in online through our own web web order platform. Yeah. Uh, and, and our people, they at least can do all the basic functions. And then we have a core group of about 25% of our people that from a technology perspective can take everything we throw at them. So, right. Dave, we were we were chatting about a week ago uh, about a uh, an internal training event that you had at Vernon uh, a few months ago, where yeah. I, I think the gist of it is that you had a trainer that was getting people up to speed on the new ways of doing business, and whether that was from a technology or from media or consultancy perspective. And uh, I, I, I believe how the story went is that you had a, the vast majority of the people charged out of that room shouting and excited and were ready to get into the, in, in, into the field to start uh, applying these new practices. And then you had one or two guys that do really well at Vernon that said, Dave, I didn't realize that I was doing everything wrong <laughs> and said in a sarcastic way, right? But, but I, I think that these were more of the yeah, traditional reps. And, and I just thought that was fascinating. And well, I wanted to, to dig into that further. Yeah, to frame the conversation, we, we have uh, a group of salespeople. We call them business development advisors that we bring in once or twice a year. And, and what we're trying to do is get their feedback on a variety of different issues. You know, It may be uh, new marketing campaigns we're thinking about. It may be new recruiting approaches. But we, we're trying to use them as a sounding board and to bounce things off of them. Because many times we sit in our office here, and, and, and you guys probably do the same thing, and you come up with some idea, and, and, and before you, you know, you convince yourself this is the greatest idea, it's going to revolutionize the industry, and then you put it out there, and it, it bombs, and you didn't have anybody tell you that. You know, they, if you just asked some people, they probably could have told you. So we run these things by this group, and it was, the, it, it was uh, a discussion around social media. It, it was around e-commerce. It was around uh, uh, just 
outreach that we could make between the home office and the client. And, and out of the seven people we had there, six of them were 100%. They were all in for this stuff. And then we had one guy who, a little bit older in age, uh, a good sales rep for us in the top uh, 25 to 50, you know, top 15% for us. And he did come out. And, and Mark, he was almost crying. Because wow. he he saw his life pass before his eyes in this meeting, where he he was just convinced that he didn't realize that he couldn't go out and sell next week because he didn't know how to do all this stuff. Wow! <laughs> and and, and yeah. you know, all I said to him was, I said, let me ask you a couple of questions about your account base. And he said, oh, okay, go ahead. I said, are all your customers, buyers, you know, are they all out there? Are they on Facebook and LinkedIn? Are they tweeting and are they asking you for everything in an electronic format and send us presentations, sales presentations? He goes, no, I, I meet all of those people pretty much face-to-face on a regular basis, and, and I bring samples, and I do this. And I said, so they're not pressing you for this other stuff? And he said, no, not at all. And I said, then what are you worried about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could get him. I guess I could look five years down the road and get him all up in a tizzy that you know your buyers are all going to die and they're going to be replaced by somebody who's younger, more progressive, more tech savvy, more reliant on tech, and they're going to be looking to you for that. But why? Why go through that exercise with this this guy? And it's not just an exercise. It was working fine for him the way he's doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I go through this uh, exercise when I talk with some distributors, too, to make sure make sure you analyze your top 20 clients. Who are they? You know, develop personas for these folks, because then you can process and filter a lot of that new information a lot better based on your client base. But your story, Dave, reminds me of the old story about Dylan. Uh, Bob Dylan was already a major success, and he had this young, cocky producer come in uh, to produce one of his albums who was act- practically dictating to Dylan what he should do. And Dylan had to finally turn to him and say, you know, if I listened to you a long time ago, think of where I'd be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it does remind me a lot of that. And I know a lot of uh, what we, we talk about can sound like rhetoric for the most part, uh, but really just getting down to the, what you just suggested to you, that rep, look at your audience, look at your market, what makes perfect sense. You know, I know, right. I know distributors that are selling almost exclusively to unions. Uh, yeah, and that's completely different market than what uh, maybe Mark and uh, Right Sleeve and Robin uh, serve. So it, it's a yeah. very diverse industry, and I think that's one of the most interesting aspects when you get involved in the industry in any larger, wider capacity association work, you know, teaching, education, training people, management, uh, connecting with other distributors, connecting with other suppliers. You realize how broad and diverse this industry really is. So well, it, it's go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, we'll we'll get we'll get it all in. I I I'm so fascinated by this because, um, and particularly, and I, I make these comments because I've been involved in education for the last five years with ASI and PPAI, and have been speaking about marketing and technology and social media and attracting young people to your organization and just fun topics that that uh, you would put in the progressive category but why do you think why do you dave regan think that an order taker is a four-letter word in this industry when in fact many order takers do much much more business than the creative consultancy in this business i think that is 
Well, I, I think you I think you could be an order taker using technology or an order taker making face to face calls. I don't think one is mutually exclusive. You know, I think it's more about listening. I, I think it's a you you know listening to your buyers and what the needs are and forecasting them and and uh, you know I I don't know I, I you know I one more little little story you know I think I've told it to you before, Mark, but we have a sales meeting or a sales award banquet once a year, and, and we we tried to do some fun things, and one year we thought we'd do this battle of the sexes to see if men and women approach the business differently. And we had a panel up there, and we had a woman that writes about $800,000 a year, good producer for us. And then on the other side, we had a, a guy that sells about $800,000 a year. It was definitely a generation ahead of the, the woman, meaning older, and he was in a rural area in South Dakota. They both sold the same amount of money, and at one point the woman said, you know, I don't actually physically see any of my customers. Everything's over the phone and via technology. And this guy got all upset, and he stood up. He called her honey, which, first of all, wasn't politically correct, and then he told her her way would never work. Uh, the, 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 the fact of the, the matter was it, his way was working for his bias her way was working for her bias and they're both under the Vernon Company umbrella but in if they switched roles you know probably they, neither one of them would sell anything to the other buyers so yeah. I think it's about listen, I think it's about listening I, when you say order taker I, I think of an order taker as somebody that doesn't listen and they just you know, they pick up the phone and they just write down like you're ordering, a, you know, a sandwich for lunch. They just write down what the guy says. Eventually, eventually they're going to get their pocket picked by somebody, whether it's utilizing technology who is actually listening to them or somebody who's making a face-to-face -face call who's actually listening to them and responding to their needs yeah. and offering up some creative solutions. They, they're going to they're gonna lose that business one way or another. Dave, yeah. that's brilliant advice. Low tech, no tech, high tech, listening. Uh, what what other common characteristics with your experience as many salespeople as you work with and as deep as your experience is in the industry, what other common characteristics are you seeing that whether they're low tech or no tech or high tech that they're employing to be successful? Well, certainly proactive, being proactive and less reactive. Um, what, what, is know, that, what does that mean, Dave, in an industry where half your orders are rush orders? When you say proactive, what are some of those practices? What do they look like? Well, we can all talk about our client, and we know that they have a trade show every year in April. So, And I'm just making something up. Every year they have the same trade show. So why should there ever be – there may be a last-minute order. They may be hedging on what they want to do. But you shouldn't be blindsided by the fact that they're going to order something for a trade show in April, yet – Many of our salespeople are and go, geez, I didn't know. Yeah, I know they did it the last nine years, but I didn't know they were going to order again. <laughs> uh, and those are the in some cases, those are the same salespeople that have customers bring something to them, whether it's from the Internet or from a competitor's catalog or a competitor's website. And then they say, Mark, can you get this? Yep. And, and that's reactive in my book. And, and, and that puts you in a position where, guess what? Your gross margin is going to 
probably suffer because you need to you, you need to match or beat that price probably, uh, and that's in the best case scenario. That's that's if they bring it to you. If yep. you don't have a very strong relationship, guess what? You're gonna you're not gonna get that call about the April trade show. It's gonna just it's gonna slip out the door to somebody else. But by proactive, I just mean, you know, we're coming to a time of year, Bobby, where uh, every year I will have people, and when I say people, I mean dozens who tell me, well, you know, December's always slow. You know, that that drives me up the wall. <laughs> my, my goal this year is to make December less slow than it was last year. Yeah. But, but the other thing that can be done in December... If it is slow, you can meet with people and set the plans for 2013. Talk to them about their marketing calendar. Find out what's going on in the spring, the summer, the fall, new locations, all that type of stuff. And then the organized person, whether they're using a Rolodex file, manila folders, you know, iPhones, uh, Outlook, whatever they're using, the organized person will put that on their to-do list and they will call them back six weeks before the event or, or 60 days, and they'll be proactive. The reactive person will lose everything that they were just told, and, and they won't write it down anywhere, and guess what? They'll, they, they'll be reacting the whole year. Yep. So, I, I mean, those are organizational skills, I think, that, that, uh, that need to be taught and emphasized. And again, I, I don't we joke about it. I don't care. I was talking with my one of my managers who's having a terrific year, and and I was saying, well, you are on top of everything. And we use Salesforce.com for a CRM manager, and and so I was convinced he was using Salesforce.com the way it's supposed to be used. <laughs> and he pulled out a spiral notebook with more crap written on that thing, and it looked like it had been through World War III. That's what he was. That's what he was using. I wasn't going to criticize my laugh, but I wasn't going to criticize him because it was working for him and, and for us. But um, I don't know. That's the, that's the thing I see: that people that aren't successful, they're not they're not organized, they're not proactive, they're reactive, and then they complain about you know why is why is everything about price and why is everything rush rush and because they're not trying to even control the pot that they might be able to control. Hmm. I love that story about the notebook. I mean, David Allen is the modern uh, father, if you will, modern father of uh, organizational habits for this uh, time period that we currently live in. And he's a brilliant thinker, and he actually uses very low-tech tools, even though industries have been built around and companies have been built around uh, developing software for his methodologies of organization. So that's a great, great story on the spot. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I, I wish it wasn't true, but it was, and it just happened within <laughs> the last couple of days. And I was, I was totally blindsided because I didn't know how he was achieving his success. And when I found out, I wasn't sure I wanted to tell a lot of people. And now I'm telling you guys, whatever works, <laughs> whatever works. That's great. Um, D Dave, I, w I wanted to switch gears uh, slightly here, and um, I, I recall that you guys at Vernon ran a campaign with Jason Sadler with IWearYourShirt.com, uh, uh, I think sometime last year or maybe the year we before. We did. And, and I wanted to dig into that a little bit because it, it, I think it's very representative of, of the Vernon brand with 
with that one foot in, in a more traditional space, but then yet this other foot that's really making inroads and strides into uh, into the 21st century or 22nd century as it applies to Jason Sadler because he's so way out there. Um, what was your experience with that? And if you want to set things up for people who don't know I wear your shirt as well, that would be great as well. Well, I, I wear your shirt was uh, where I was introduced to them, I think, at the uh, North American Leadership Conference in where, Denver? Yeah, I think it was, I I think it was Denver yeah. last year, and Jason was one of the speakers, and and what what he does is he had four or five people that worked with him, and and if you bought a day, you know they would they would have a, a Vernon Company imprinted shirt. We could pick the shirt, we could pick the artwork to go on it, and they would basically walk around wherever they were. And I think one was in L.A., one was in Denver, one was in Florida, Atlanta, New York. I, I can't remember the markets per se. But then, in addition to walking around all day in their communities with the shirt, they would they would uh, blog, they would have podcasts and uh, live stream, uh, you know, live stream sessions, and they'd talk about the Vernon Company. They'd they'd, they'd do homework, they'd promote the Vernon Company, they'd promote the website, uh, they'd promote different things. So we we. We were, I was, a, we, we as I in that case, because I'm the only one that saw him down in Denver, but I, I came out and I said, I want to try this. And I think I was second in line behind uh, Brianne from Zoom, you know, who she had, she had bought a day already. And, and, and so we did that. We actually did it three different times. Uh, mm. once, be, once because I absolutely wanted to get involved. Second time because I wanted to get involved. Third time because I double clicked on the second time by mistake. Uh, <laughs> uh, nice. And they, you know, I got one of these things. Congratulations, you bought two days. And I was like, I only want one day. Um, but uh, but it was very interesting. Now, suppose you're going to ask me about results and what did I get out of it, or or you're not. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And the reason I, because we also did it as well. And, uh, and, did you? But, but we can have another conversation about that. Yeah, you did. Uh, you did kind, do kind, it. Kind, kind of separately. But I was, I was interested in your results. Um, question number one and question number one B, what I was also interested in is that uh, what was the reaction? amongst either a your client base and b your employee base uh where a certain percentage of them i'm sure would have looked at that and said what the hell is this dave whereas another percentage of them would have said this is awesome so i think that i'm just really interested in this 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 uh this um contrast in your culture because you do have people that represent different backgrounds and i think some of them probably would have thought you were crazy for running something like that because he's very avant-garde Oh yeah, a lot. A lot of them did. Um, and you know, the, if you looked at what we did when we did that, we a lot of what we were talking about was the Vernon Company, the culture, the organization, the history, the tradition. So, uh, you know, a, a big, a big part of what I have to do is try to add new team members. You know, throughout the year. You know, one of the one of the. Uh, it's a blessing and a curse being around for 110 years. You know, uh, I joke about this, but it's it's the reality. Is is uh, you know, the blessing is we've been around 110 years. The curse is we've been around 110 years, and some of our salespeople have been around almost the entire time. Uh, that's a joke, <laughs> but but 
you know, on the positive side, we we have provided a home for some AEs who have been with us 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years. That gentleman who's 92 has been with us 62 years. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, it, it, it says a lot about loyalty and the fact that we've been able to service him. But guess what? His sales aren't going up. And, and, and there's a lot of people in that boat. So we have to add people. So the yep. message on, on I Wear Your Shirt was more about, hey, have you heard about us? Here we are. We're out there. It was less about selling stuff. So it was a recruit, yeah. recruiting mechanism and not necessarily a salesperson retention tool. Yeah, it, it was. Right. And I was, you got the gist of it. I was staying away from saying it was a straight recruiting message because we did have a dual purpose. You know, we wanted people to check us out, go to our website. If you go to our website, you'll see you'll see product and then there's a career opportunities page and there's also yep. a graphics page you know yep. so we got we got some multiple messages that if we could just get them to visit our website yeah uh, I, I, did, I just can't resist saying this and I'm sorry Dave you're in the line of fire here but I aim straight at Mark but I'll bet Jason Sadler's ROI was bigger than both of yours put together oh I know it was it was of <laughs> mine well what, what's what's three times zero <laughs> Come on, you Mark, know that's no not, come back. I, 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 my jaw is on the ground, Bobby. Like that. Oh. it is so rare that you get a good zinger out of me. <laughs> That's but, true. Um, but you know, but you know what, it, it, Bobby? <laughs> That'll be another about... podcast. We'll get another podcast. <laughs> okay. You are right, Bobby. You are right. It's about Damn expectations. You. <laughs> you know, my expectations were not to get you know twenty orders and fifty thousand dollars in sales, because you know what ended up happening long after that. Those days had come and gone. We still had the videos we could use, and, 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 and we had done what you're noticing is we stepped outside our comfort zone, and it seemed a little bit, you know, out of, out of character for a Vernon company. So did, it, did somebody yeah. see that? We definitely promoted it through other mediums, when, and, yeah. and you did yeah. as well, Mark. Right. Uh, we didn't just let them do their thing. Um, you know, what I noticed was the people that were in there uh, tweeting about uh, when they were doing the uh, uh, live sessions on the Vernon Company were the same people they were tweeting on Mark. So I, 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 I think they had some professional tweeters there that would just tweet on anything. Yeah, yeah. Mark had, I, a, Mark had an Oki in there giving him a hard time in the live session of his. That was fun. I actually got On a computer? And, yeah, I actually got in there and gamed that one a little bit. Hey, let me... Uh, one, <laughs> it needed one, to be gamed. That was funny. <laughs> one of the things that um, we're all doing, though, with some of these technologies is impacting influencers as well. There's this whole new audience uh, out there of influential people uh, that connect with your brand. And some of this, and I know there are going to be some diehard people who hate a lot of our modern speak and tech speak uh a lot of this is is branding a lot of it is just brand recognition so some of it it's and give you guys a hard time about the roi but some of these tactics are are can be valuable tools um yeah. because of this sum total of all those can can really mean something yeah yeah i i, I think so and you know earlier on i said i was telling the story about the uh the sales rep that we had that seemed to be doing fine with his buyers because they they weren't they weren't on the cutting edge of technology but but uh you know for every one of those people that do leave they're going to be replaced by somebody that is uh, you know I, I would bet 10 to 1 going to be more technology savvy than the person they replaced yeah. so 
that's why it's important for, for Vernon and others to keep their eye on that ball and keep moving forward, even though you, you might get two-thirds of our sales force says, well, I, I, I don't think you need to go. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm so tongue-in-cheek and sarcastic on some of this. You know, half of people, you know, might say that the Internet's a fad. It's not a fad, guys. <laughs> it's going to be there. So even though some of our people don't want to go there as an organization, we have to keep, keep moving forward, and we are. In, in in the uh, the leaders amongst our sales group, they know that, and they're getting what they need from a technology perspective. Well, it, yeah. what's encouraging talking to you, Dave, is that the fundamentals, regardless of whether you're a 20-year-old using Twitter and Facebook to connect with your community, or whether you are a 70-year-old sales rep who's out there cold calling door to door, the three fundamentals that I picked up and took notes on from your advice to us today was number one, listen, and you'll you'll see this all over social media. Is, is it's not an audience, it's a community. You should be listening and engaging. Number two, be proactive. And number three, organization. You mentioned those top three things in this conversation that regardless of whether you're 20 or 40, regardless uh, of high-tech, low-tech, or no-tech, those three fundamentals don't change. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, technology, if you're not organized and you don't listen... Technology is not going to help you do either one of those things. Yeah, Mark's yeah. Mark's still quiet. Uh, and, you, taking notes. and you're not and you're not proactive. You don't you don't get off your fanny and, and and actually make something happen as opposed to sitting back and letting things happen to you. Yeah, uh, technology is yeah. not going to help you there either. So, hmm. I I think that it, I think that probably the only thing that I would add to that is you could be all those three things, but if you're not the fourth thing, which is adaptive and flexible, then I think that the other three things don't apply at all because you could be a great listener, you could be proactive, you could be organized, but if you're not going to adapt to, say, the internet when your customers are adapting there or adapting to social media or adapting to the Rolodex or whatever the case is, then I think it's really important as a salesperson to keep that open mind and 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 respond and stay ahead of your customers' needs. So yeah. that's the only thing that I would add there because um, I, I, think in, I think in our organization, which is the only one that I have experience with, that absolutely those first three things, if you don't have those, I don't care how cool or uncool you are, you're not going to work well here. But most importantly, if you can't be adaptive and respond and embrace new things as they come at you, then yeah. I think that you're dead in the water as a salesperson. Yeah, well, I think, I, you know what, I, I talk about that all the time, too. I can't believe I didn't bring it up because I call it the chameleon effect. And, and, yeah. and, and when I'm talking about you're trying to sell somebody or you're meeting new buyers or you're networking, the, the ability to flip a switch and guess what, now I'm technology Dave. And you know yeah. what, I, yeah. can go, I can go and let's go out for a couple beers and, and let me buy you lunch and we'll talk about your promotion to somebody else. And being able to walk in and out, you've listened, so you know which way the buyer would like to work, and, and, and you flip a switch on and go both. That's going to give you a best chance to maximize your, your, your sales uh, yeah. by being able to work with both groups. So I say yeah. both groups yeah. like there's only two groups. Yeah, I did a, I did a, uh, I was speaking to a group down in Florida, and, I, and I, my topic was deciphering the code, and it was basically trying to figure out the buyer, figure out how he or she likes to work, and then working that way with them. And 
I was saying it's like speaking a different, you know, if you're talking to somebody that's speaking a language that you don't speak, you, you know, what are your chances of selling them? Zip. So you got you to learn to be multilingual, multi-adaptive, whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, and if you stopped learning today, Mark, if you don't learn another thing, you're, you're, you're not going to last another three years in this industry. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Wow. Well, this was a real two to force. Two to force. Sorry. Uh, I um, I'm glad that we did this because I think it's really important that we explore all sides of the continuum or all sides of the equation, so to speak, with regard to how to be successful in this industry. And I, I continue to be fascinated by. A, the number of people that are in this industry, and B, the number of different business models that apply in this industry. Yeah. And yeah, there's a, there, 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 are, there are some deadbeats that are in this industry, but there's many more people that are doing things in a very interesting way. And I think it's important that people don't get stuck in this uh, single track mind that you have to have an e-commerce site in order to be successful in this industry. Yeah. Well, the, go, the, oh, right, Bobby? The, the, <laughs> the four points, and, and you're running out of time, but the, the four points that you mentioned, listen, proactive, be organized, be adaptive, and flexible. We talked about it on the salesperson level, but I think what you're just referencing is on an organization level. It, yeah. You know, if Vernon listens to what's going on, if we're proactive in making some changes, if we're organized and if we're adaptive, we're going to be successful. Yeah. If we don't have those things, and, and so that that's probably the common denominator among successful companies, you know, at whatever level they're at. Yeah. Speaking of adaptive, and I know we need to close, but I can't resist one more dig at Mark. Here's a here's a surprising uh, anecdotal story for you, Dave, about Mark. Did you know he doesn't like text text messaging, Mister High Tech, Mister I can build anything with technology. Uh, uh, and Mark, I talk that Mark, way too. Yeah, <laughs> that, that. that's probably I because he's got. Him. It's probably because he's got one of those plans that charges for texts if you get over five hundred. So he wants to keep it limited. Well, I think Canada yeah. does actually. All the Canadian <laughs> plans are, are just like his daughter. His daughter's probably got over five hundred. <laughs> this has been a great conversation, Dave. Uh, we really, really appreciate having you on, and uh, I, I, I really do hope. I'm going to spread the good word about people listening to this episode because the fundamentals are so critical, and uh, this is you've summed up uh, all the years of experience at Vernon and a monstrous success and four very key elements that we can all take away. Any other final comments, Dave? Before we close? No, I just appreciate. It. I, I, I was. Uh, I... When Mark brought the subject up, I said, oh, great, yeah. If you live long enough, you'll get on one of Promo Kitchen's podcasts. So that, <laughs> I thought that was great. But no, no, I'm, ha I'm really happy to have the discussion with you. And if you have other topics you think I can uh, add something to, but don't hesitate to call again. We'd love to do that. Mark, any final words? I, I have no final words other than to say I, uh, I can't believe you bested me, Bobby, and I, I, in, in making me speechless today. I, know, I, I, was, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to listen to that over and over and over. But, you know, maybe I, I was just being a good listener. I was being a good listener today. 
All right, guys, this has been fun. Thanks for joining us, Dave, and we will definitely have you on again sometime because I think we need to continue this conversation, particularly about how we as salespeople and professionals can develop ourselves to go to that next level. And if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please take a moment to make a comment on iTunes or wherever you listen. Send us an email. I know I say this at the end of every podcast, and it kind of sounds like a broken record, but we really would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear if you'd love to be a part of the podcast conversation or any topic idea that you have and guys signing off it was good chatting fantastic thanks dave all right guys have a great day y'all too